So picture, if you will, uh, previously on Wait What, which we don't do, but imagine we did. Last time we did a Wait What, we told you at the end that we talk to you next week, which is this week as you're listening to it. The problem with that is we really did think that we talked to you next week, and then we didn't. We didn't record an episode. We we meant to when we said we were going to. We weren't just lying. We weren't making shit up. But things didn't work out. Things sometimes go horribly, horribly wrong. And sometimes yeah, things happened. The problem with this is we said we were going to do it. We, we really, really meant to. Especially because the last time when we did a skip week, we didn't really make it clear at the end of the podcast before that we were doing a skip week. And then people were asking us where the podcast was. And Jeff and I really felt shitty. We felt really, really guilty and really bad. So we were going to do a sort of accidental skip week and we were going to apologize and we were going to basically feel terrible, which is kind of how Jeff and I feel at the best of times. And then I thought, wait, we don't have to. There's an alternative. And the alternative is this. This is what you're listening to. You're listening to like a a wait what and a half episode. What you're getting instead of the traditional wait what shtick, shall we say, you're getting me. Hi, I'm Graham. I normally do this with Jeff Lester. Jeff is the technical one. Jeff is the skilled one. Jeff is the one who records things and edits things and makes them all sound good. I am the one who just talks bullshit and Jeff laughs at. Utterly deservedly, I'd laugh at me as well. Jeff is the one who's actually unavailable right now. Uh, he will be available next week. We The original plan was going to be we were going to record this week and then take next week off. And we just skipped it around. So, yeah, imagine you're getting an extra 15-minute apology instead of a skip week next week. And then next week, you get a full episode. And Jeff will have lots of fun stories to tell about what he's actually been doing this week. It's, it's going to work out. It's going to be great. Here's the thing. I thought, seeing as I have this time and seeing as I'm just talking into a computer myself and it's being kind of weird, what if I actually get around to answering all those questions from December last year? Long-time listeners of this podcast, and I have no idea if there are many long-time versus short-time. I have no idea how many new listeners we have. If you're new, hi. I'm really sorry to disappoint you with this. Long-time listeners of the podcast may remember way back in December of 2012, before the point where we all thought that the world might end in the 21st or 12th or at some, some point in December 2012, people thought the world would end. It clearly wasn't, but it was a thing for a while. Way back at the beginning of December, Jeff and I asked for questions that we would answer in the podcast. Uh, we had the, the complete intention of answering those questions, and then we didn't. We got an awful lot of questions and we did a podcast and we answered questions and we did our traditional thing where we get way, way off subject and we didn't get to all the questions. And then we came back to the questions for a while. It kind of turns out that we were still answering questions in like June of this year. And then we stopped because at that point the questions were like six months old and we'd moved on. The problem being we still had like 10 questions left. And that has been nagging in the back of my mind ever since. So I thought I'm going to answer these questions. That's what this podcast is going to be. It's going to be me finally answering questions that some of you asked 10 months ago. You're welcome, internet. I hope you enjoy it. Everyone else, I hope it's going to be vaguely entertaining. Who knows? We'll see if I can even just keep talking for this long without something going horribly, horribly wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a wait what and half cast. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
cast your mind back then to December the 7th, 2012 at 12.28pm. Do you remember then? Do you remember what you were doing that time? If you're Ian Brill, you're asking this question. If I'm greedy asking another question, feel free to skip me. But Ian, I have no idea like if we even answered your earlier question or when we did it. So let, let's just go for it anyway. If not, then I ask Graham this. He says, inspired by John Kay mentioning on the buses, if you could put Jeff in any classic British sitcom, which would you choose? Would it be Jeff is on the buses? How about is Jeff being served? Would you watch Dad and Jeff's Army? Or would you choose something else? Only sitcoms, we of course know you prefer to put Jeff in the cast of Blake 7. We all want that. First of all, Ian, you're wrong. I wouldn't put Jeff in the cast of Blake 7 at all. Blake 7 was a science fiction show when I was a kid that utterly terrified me. Imagine for everyone who has never heard of the show, uh, which is probably a lot of you listening, Blake 7 was the British version of Star Wars in a weird way. It was a group of, unsurprisingly, seven rebellious mercenaries fighting against the evil galactic empire. Uh, I think they're called the Federation, but I might be misremembering. Uh, except in this case, the Federation was personified not by Darth Vader, but by a sexy woman called Servalan, who when you're, you know, seven years old, gives you very strange feelings. You're like, I, she's kind of evil, but she's kind of wearing slinky dresses. I'm not sure where I stand on this Servalan woman. So yeah, Servalan was, was uh, conflicting to me, as was the fact by the time I was watching Blake 7, Blake wasn't in it anymore. So you had no idea what Blake 7 actually meant. Blake 7 was just this name of the show and Blake had gone. Blake had disappeared by like the third season. So it was, uh, I can't, Avon. Avon was the name of the guy who was leading the, the Blake 7 by this point. Uh, it was a really weird downbeat show. Whereas 2000 AD gave a sort of weird, excitable spin to science fiction and, and very sort of trashy and very sort of pulpy. Blake 7 was really weirdly dour. It was really... Imagine the production values of Doctor Who from, from the 70s and 80s mixed with a really weird, self-serious, kind of depressing show about, you know, mercenaries fighting against oppression. It was weird. I haven't seen it in years. Uh, I might be utterly misremembering. It could be awesome. I definitely have weir really weird... I don't like this. I don't know why I don't like this. The one thing I do remember about Blake 7 that I, I did love was... The production values were so cheap that uh, in order to show you the spaceship flying towards you, instead of having a model, they had a photograph of the spaceship that they'd zoom in on, which is kind of genius in a terrible, terrible way. Jeff, Jeff's not going into Blake 7 in my mind at all. I'm sorry. Which British sitcom? I don't know. Uh, again, listeners, you probably have no idea what On the Buses is, Are You Being Served is, or, or Jeff, Dad's Army is. Although, Are You Being Served had the greatest theme song that if I can work out how to do this I will actually try and insert so you can hear it because it's it's just it's it's amazing in in both the proper and the utterly improper way uh, are you being served theme song was spectacular <laughs>
sitcom would I put him in, though? I would put him in The Good Life. Uh, the Good Life was a show that starred Richard Briers and I want to say Felicity Kendall, although I could be horribly, horribly wrong about that, uh, which was about this young couple who wanted to get back to nature and we're all about self-sufficiency and we're all about, you know, let's grow our own food, let's get off the grid. 20, 30 years before that was like a thing. So, you know, part of the sitcom was these wacky kind of proto-hippies. What are they all about? Why don't they have showers? Crazy kids. Uh, yeah, if you've seen Jeff lately, you've seen his beard. You've seen the idea that Jeff is sort of, he, he's saying yes to nature. He, he's no longer, you know, worried about the apocalypse. I think that part of Jeff is now looking forward to it in a commandy-esque fashion that he's going to embrace the fall of civilization. So yeah, Jeff is is going to go in my revised, recast version of The Good Life. Uh, And Edie can be Felicity Kendall, and it'll it'll be great. When when utter disaster befalls humanity, he'll be fine. He'll be like growing kale or something. It'll it'll be awesome. Gary, uh, again on December 7th, asks, last question, I swear, Gary, we're, we're not taking notice at this point. Uh, but since you guys read novels, I'm curious what you consider are the best superhero novels not related to the big two. I've read Wild Cards, Superfolk, and Now I'll Be Invincible, and that weird Stan Lee superhero book, which I have no idea what that book is. I'm not sure what else is out there, he says. Um, Paul Tobin's Prepare to Die, uh, Prepare to Die even, Paul Tobin's Prepare to Die is the book that you should be looking for. It came out last year, I think, or maybe the beginning of this year. Let's see if I can find on the internet when this book was published. It was published, yeah, it was published last year, uh, from Nightshade Books, apparently. It is the story of a superhero who is defeated by his arch nemesis, and instead of killing him right there and then, they give him time to get his affairs in order before they kill him. And so it is... What does a superhero do if he knows he's going to die? Uh, it's it's really good. It, I'm not sure I'd put it with Soon I'll Be Invincible, which seems a bit jokey to me, for want of a better way of putting it. But I think if you like Wild Cards or, uh, wild cards or Super Folk, uh, I, I, think, I think you'd enjoy it. I think it, it'd be a good book. I haven't read that many superhero novels. I remember reading Greg Rucka's No Man's Land. <laughs> um... And I guess 1999, when it, whenever it came out, and and really enjoyed that, uh, in part because Rucka had just taken over Detective Comics at the time, and I was like, I wonder what's happened in the recent past. Instead of reading this entire crossover, I'll just get the cheap paperback, you know, compendium of it by one author, where it'll make more sense. Uh, I want to say that might even have been the first Greg Rucka prose book I read, embarrassingly. Yeah, otherwise, Superior Pros and Me, uh, it, it doesn't happen that often. Maybe Jeff would have more to say on the subject. Uh, Jeff, if this happens and goes up, you can leave something in the comments. It's like you get to listen for once, Jeff. Let's see. T then asks uh, about Jeff's rationale for buying DC Comics, which we've talked about in recent podcasts, and people still get kind of upset with us in the comments about boycotts or no boycotts. So let's quickly skate past that. SF Rent. SF Rent asks, whose portrayal of Emma Frost is better, Finola Hughes in the Generation X TV movie, or January Jones in X-Men First Class? I don't think I've seen the Generation X TV movie. Uh, 
but I'm pretty prepared to say that it's probably Fanola Hughes for a couple of reasons. One, she's English. Uh, and therefore can probably pull off the accent better. And two, she's not January Jones, who does Betty Draper spectacular justice on Mad Men, uh, but was not a particularly great Emma Frost. Uh, I think she'd admit that. Yeah, so let, let's say Fanola. Fanola, I'm sure you're great. I'm sure you're you're much better than January Jones. Sean Witzke asks, why... with lots of whys and all in our case... The answer, of course, because a man with a strange name. I know it's late, but if you can squeeze in my question, my question is Brian Bendis. Yes or no? In that Brian Bendis exists, I'm going to have to go with yes on that one. Uh, Brian Bendis does seem to exist. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I, clearly the answer is Brian Michael Bendis, yes. If you're talking in terms of quality, it depends what you're into, I guess. I, I find it really hard to write him off entirely. There'll be things I'll read and I'll have real problems with, and I'll be like, oh, I'm done with Bendis. And then I'll read something else by him and think, maybe I'm not done with Bendis. His Ultimate Spider-Man has continually been worth checking out, I think. And, and the fact that he's still doing it at this point, 13-odd years after he started, uh, is, is weirdly laudable. Hey, let's see, what else to do? He's doing the X-Men books right now, which are great. and much better than his his Avengers run towards the end. He, I'm going to go for Brian Michael Bendis, yes. It depends on your level of disposable income, because there's definitely some playing for time. There's definitely some pacing issues that he's got. But he's an interesting writer. Even when he's, he's even when he kind of sucks, he's interesting. So sure, Brian Michael Bendis, yes. And um, in terms of like Tumblr, sure, Brian Michael Bendis, Yes, he does. he's a great Tumblr. I really like his Tumblr. Uh, Martin from Sweden. Uh, I I know I'm Martin from Sweden. Martin from Sweden, are you the Martin who used to date Billy Templeton? If you are, hello. I, how are you doing? I hope you're healthy. If you're not that Martin, then hello anyway. And Molly, Molly's great. You probably should have dated her. She's getting married now, but you know, you missed your chance, Martin. I'm sorry. Martin from Sweden nonetheless asks, Mustaches on superheroes... Has it ever worked? The answer is yes. I have two reasons for this. Well, let's be honest, you don't see that many moustaches on superheroes, but the two that spring to mind right now for me are Colossus right now in the X-Men books has, or rather, future Colossus, Colossus of Tomorrow, has like a lemmy moustache, but because he's Colossus, it's like a lemmy moustache made out of organic metal, which is awesome. I mean, that's just what you want from your comic books. More of that, uh, and Man at Arms from He-Man is for me the archetypal superhero with a moustache. So sure, yes, moustaches and superheroes. I'm giving it a thumbs up over here. It can definitely happen. Let's see. Super God Master Force asks, "I love House of Astonish. Any chance of a crossover?" Paul and Al, sure. What do you think? Can we work out technology and time zones? Maybe. Uh, I I don't know. Sure, ask them. Uh, should it be Graham and Al or Jeff and Paul or vice versa? Well, Graham and Jeff and Al and Paul has been going on for years, my friend. Uh, you kind of know what that's going to sound like. Um, let's see. I'd listen to Jeff and Paul. I think Jeff and Paul would be great. Uh, I'd listen to Jeff and Al. I'd listen to Al and Paul and Jeff. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with any of those pairings, to be honest. I, I think it could be a lot of fun. So, Al, Je uh, Paul's off having a break right now because like, he's got a kid. You should... We should make this happen somehow, Al. Al, it's it's on. 
maybe, possibly. I, I'm in favour. So we're glad Master Force then adds, Emma Frost is based on Diana Rigg, except for Chris Claremont and Grant Morrison. Why can't any other writer get that? Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't even know that Emma Frost was based on Diana Rigg. I thought Diana Rigg was the inspiration for like the Hellfire Club from the Avengers episode. But I thought Diana Rigg was the inspiration for the Black Queen, for the, the Jean Grey role, and not Emma Frost. So any other writer can't get that because they're as dumb as me, maybe? I, sure, I don't... I mean, you'd expect Chris Claremont to get it. He's the person who created the character. So if that means Grant Morrison is the only other person who got it, and I'm not even sure I can see a, a Diana Rigg in his Emma Frost... Uh, you got me, Super God Master Force. Uh, I I have no idea how to answer that question at all. Sorry, John Sokol is the final question on this thread. I have to tell you, listeners, I'm getting kind of excited by this. It's it's been a while. It's been a long, long time. John Sokol asks, "I'm just curious what Monkey Brain comics you are reading." I've heard you both plug Bandettes, but what else are you enjoying? Oh, man, you know what I'm liking? I'm really liking um, Amelia Cole. I can't believe that even took a second for me to, to get there. Uh, Amelia Cole is one of my favourite things around in general. Amelia Cole is a, a spectacular... Uh, it's a, I, feel like saying, I always feel like saying all ages comics is a bad thing, and people are like, well, that's comics for kids. I'm not going to read that. But Amelia Cole is a comic that I feel is, uh, YA at least, it's it's great. It's, it's a really well-written, well-drawn comic. Adam Nave and DJ Kirkbride are the writers, and Nick Brokenshire is the artist. Uh, Nick's work really reminds me of uh, Nick Bradshaw from the X-Men books right now, from Wolverine and the X-Men. And yeah, it's it's a really, really, really good sort of magical realist story. I would I would highly advise people to check it out. The collected edition is out, I think the pr- the print edition from IDW. And so yeah, if you're allergic to digital comics, pick up the IDW collection. It, it it's great. Um, what else do I like from Monkey Brain off the top of my head? Um, I liked Avery Fatbottom a lot. The the first issue of that uh, Jen Vaughn's comic. Uh, I think we talked about that in an earlier episode. I like. What else did they do? Subatomic Party Girls, we've talked about in another episode. The Chris Sims, Chad Bowers, Erica Hendrickson, uh, Henderson comic. Uh, I, I think that that's great. That's essentially what if Josie and the Pussycats were uh, an even more awesome band and got shot into space by accident. Which is, you know, when it comes to high concepts, that's a pretty damn good high concept. What else do I like from them? Uh, Edison Rex, uh, Chris Roberson's book with Dennis Culver is essentially what if Lex Luthor won and then decided he was going to be a superhero instead. Which is kind of the plot of Forever Evil, I guess. But imagine if Forever Evil didn't suck and was fun. The nice thing about Monkey Brain books is Monkey Brain books are super cheap. So it's really easy to be like, you should try this in a way that you're not for other comics. But really, you should try it. It's 99 cents. It's not going to break the bank to try an issue. So I feel like, you know, everything I'm saying now, if you've not read and you're on Comixology, you should just sample stuff. You should sample the stuff they've got there. Uh, High Crimes I liked a lot. Uh, Knuckleheads I like. Boo! Their Halloween series is starting really soon. Uh, I don't know if anyone has seen the news about this. They're doing a weekly Halloween anthology starting October 10th and running through to Halloween itself. uh, Edited by Calamity John Morris. And I am 
100% in favor of that. Really looking forward to that series. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of really good stuff from Monkey Brain. I, I think in terms of digital first comics or, or uh, digital offerings, I, I think they're they're doing great great stuff. I would say try whatever looks good to you, and if I mean if even if you don't like it, it's ninety nine cents, you know, or one ninety nine in some cases, it's not going to break the bank. Uh, so. Sample, sample whatever looks good to you, but the, the titles I mentioned, I think, are, are things that I would highly recommend to people. That's it. We're done. We've done all the questions, which is kind of amazing to me. We've had these questions for quite some time, so I'm, I'm very glad to finally be able to say goodbye to them. To get that guilt, that weight off my shoulders... I'm saying it sarcastically, but I promise you I really have been feeling bad that we haven't answered these questions even 10 months later. Uh, in fact, kind of worse because it's been 10 months. And it's always bad because I always kind of want to ask people questions for the podcast because I think that's fun. But I'm always held back from that by the fact that, you know, it took us 10 months to answer these. Sorry, everyone. Next week, we will be back. Uh, it'll be a, a full-on podcast. I promise as much as I can promise because, you know, disaster might happen ahead of us hopefully jeff will be back hopefully i will be back hopefully we'll be talking for two hours again and we'll be talking about comics and you'll have a more full podcast experience you won't just have me thank you for listening if you listened this week thank you for suffering through this if you asked one of these questions i'm really 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 sorry it took us you know pretty much a year to answer them we kind of suck but yeah We'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much, listeners. We promise never to leave you alone, sort of mistakenly like this again. <laughs>